1: Hey guys, welcome to today's episode and I have Brian Dixon with us. He's the senior vice president of a company called LifeVantage and it's LifeVantage.com and our title today is biohacking weight loss. So Brian, welcome.
0: Hey, thank you so much for having me.
1: So first of all, let's start with the question, what is is biohacking. For people who have not heard that term, I feel like it's coming up, you know, people are using it left and right, but some people might not totally understand what it is.
0: Yeah, biohacking has been around for a number of, number of, of years, but like, like you alluded to, it's really starting to gain a lot of traction. Um, right now, you'd say mostly in a lot of alternative uh, medicine and health spaces, um, but it's also starting to trickle out into the, the general public as well. But just simply put, biohacking is looking at everything that we can do in our lifestyle from simple things like sleeping better, um, eating healthy, exercising, um, to some pretty advanced strategies around nootropics, supplementation, other lifestyle modifications that we can make to ultimately optimize our biology. So we're trying to harness the power that our bodies have naturally ingrained in itself.
1: Yeah. And so I would say, let's talk about some of the things that people use now today that you've heard of with biohacking. So I will give you uh, one that I can think of is putting butter or ghee in your coffee. (laughs) So people say, okay, well, that's a biohack, because if you do that, you're not going to increase your blood sugar levels, but you're going to be able to not be able to eat for. Hours on end, so that would be quote considered a biohack. Would you agree?
0: Uh, yeah, I would absolutely agree, and that's probably I would say one of the most popular and common biohacks that's out there. Uh, you know, getting your day started without that that huge insulin and blood sugar spike um, is is a great way for people to start their day. And you know, that first meal of our day is really setting up the success that we're going to have uh, for the rest of the day. You know, for example, if we eat let's say anything that, that's really high in carbohydrates and especially those simple sugars. So if we're reaching just for a donut or processed sugary cereals um, you know, we're going to feel great. It, we're going to reward our brain, our brain centers um, just like we would with any other drug that we're consuming. But what ends up happening is we get this huge crash that, that comes just a, a couple hours later. Um, so it, it's obviously terrible to have your blood sugar too high, which a lot of these sugary breakfasts can do. So you get into this danger zone and and all of the negative consequences that come with spikes in insulin. Um, High glucose can cause a whole bunch of oxidative stress inside of our blood. Our bodies recognize this as a problem. And so it dumps all of that insulin into our bloodstream to try to get that sugar out of the blood. Um, But that ends up with us crashing down below a starvation state. And our bodies also recognize this. As being a really terrible situation. So it triggers our bodies to literally reach for the first food that we can find to try to get our blood sugar back up into a normal range. So if we're aiming for foods for breakfast that um, are lower in sugar, so let's come back to those um, fat rich coffees, for example, um, it's not going to spike that insulin. And so you're not going to get that huge spike in your blood sugar. You're not going to get that huge spike in insulin. And so what that allows us to do the rest of the day is to take more control over the next food choice that we might make. So instead of this, oh my gosh, I have to go eat something now, which is probably another sugary snack, we actually have control and we can make healthier choices.
1: Mm. Well, yeah. And I think that one of the things I remember reading on your website is that it's kind of understanding the why behind what, how you're feeling, how you're thinking, and how you're performing. And so knowing the why um, kind of helps you biohack your body, but you know, making changes to your health. So talk a little bit about some of the things that Life Vantage does to allow you to, to get to that level.
0: Yes, yeah, so we, we take a, a number of different approaches to biohacking. Um, we're in the food space, we're in the nutrition space, and then we're also in, in the skincare space. And our, our major approach to biohacking is an, an, an approach called nutrigenomics. And I know it's a big scientific word, so uh, please forgive the, the jargon. Um, nutrigenomics is this amazing phenomenon that we've basically co-evolved with nature where we can utilize nutrients from plants, to ultimately turn on genes that are healthy to the rest of our bodies. And there's a very complex mechanism by which this works. I I don't know, we don't have to drill into the the hard science if you don't want. Um, But it's just this amazing phenomenon where, I mean, let's take um, our antioxidant and detoxification pathways, for example. You know, protecting ourselves from oxidative stress and all of the things that we're exposed to in our environments. Is so important for our survival that our cells have encompassed the ability to make its own antioxidant and detoxification proteins or, or mechanisms. So, what we can do is utilize various nutrients from plants to turn on these cell signaling pathways that signal to these genes to ultimately be turned on so that we can bring our cells to a heightened state in this case, of antioxidant defenses or detoxification.
1: One of the things I've realized is that there's so many chemicals in laundry detergent and the soaps out there. So I either make it myself, it's actually pretty easy, or I use my green fills. If you go to ChantelRayWay.com soap, I'll give you my free recipe for laundry soap. Or if you just feel like buying one that's really clean and not filled with tons of chemicals, you can get it there. ChantelRayWay.com soap. Hey guys, I'm on my way home from being on national TV talking about intermittent fasting and I'm answering the question, does intermittent fasting help you lose weight? Maybe you guys have tried intermittent fasting and lost some weight, but now you might just be stuck in a rut where you're not losing as much as you want. Well, I've interviewed over a thousand thin eaters. and I've learned that intermittent fasting is just one of the tools they use, but there's so many more. There's nine other principles that they use to stay thin get out of your rut click here to watch this free video. Hmm. So what are some people so let's just say weight loss because a lot of people listening to this show are struggling with kind of emptying those last pounds. So for people who say you know I'm struggling with weight loss maybe thyroid issues what would be the very best product and why does it work?
0: Well, I don't know that we should go into just individual products per se, but I think people just really need to take control of themselves, take control of, of their own biology. And we're all, we're all very different. Um, we need to, and I know it's, it's easier said than done, but the, the sooner that we can be introspective and really turn inside of ourselves and, and what's working for us and what's not, I think that's really the best way to go. And I think we also need to be very cognizant of one where we're at to what we're doing um, to try to help with losing pounds or especially th- those last couple of pounds, because it's inevitable that when you're on any sort of program where you're trying to lose weight, we're going to run into a plateau. I mean, our bodies are amazing at adapting to whatever circumstance that we throw at it. So, I mean, that can be exercise, for example, um, It can also be the foods that we eat. Our bodies get used to the foods and they start to to reach what they call a a homeostatic new balance or new norm. And that's where our bodies want to be. So instead of talking about individual products, I think it's important to talk about what people are doing in their lives. And I think it becomes really important to especially change things up. So if you're being really good, really introspective, if you're following whatever metric it is in terms of the goal that you want to achieve, Um, and you're you're diligent about tracking it, I'd recommend at least daily, uh, and you start to see that um, you start to fall off of trending towards your goal, it's time now to change it up.
1: Yeah. Have you ever heard of something called set point theory, where basically that your body will fight to maintain a certain weight range, and that when you go below the body's natural set point, both like your appetite and your metabolism kind of adjust to kind of get you back to that set point like a couple people maybe say like maybe they say okay well I'm stuck at 150 pounds like let's say they want to be at 135 and then they're they just say like no matter what you know if I do this or I do that my body you know I might lose five pounds and somehow I end up right back to that that set point Have you heard that theory? I'm very
0: familiar with the set point. And that's a a very well-known phenomenon in uh, endocrinology um, or or physiology. And it gets even more depressing than just trying to lose weight. So the set point theory goes back to um, basically the heaviest that anybody's ever been in their lives becomes your set point. Mm -hmm. So it's not just at maybe some intermediate that you're trying to get to, but our bodies want to rebound back to the heaviest that we've always been. And that's why a lot of traditional weight management programs, weight loss programs, simply don't work. I mean, when we look at the reviews of the scientific literature, you know, they can be successful at, at most for about six months. By about one year, you've gained 80 to 90% of that weight back. And then by about three to five years, you're back to where you started. And that's all because of that set point theory. So we're literally going to be battling our weight our entire lives. And I know that's a little bit depressing. So instead of thinking about diets, people need to be thinking about what's a healthy lifestyle? What's something that's going to be sustainable for the long term?
1: Yeah, now one of the things that I've heard a lot of, speaking of biohacking, is sleep. And so a lot of times people say, well, you need to figure out a way to biohack your sleep. And one of the things I've been seeing, you know, on Facebook and all kinds of things are these cool machines where, you know, it keeps your body temperature cool because that's like another biohack, right? So if you keep your body temperature at a colder temperature or you keep your bed colder, they're saying that's how you biohack your sleep. So talk about, I know you had something on your website, I can't remember what, but it was talking about some different steps to biohack your sleep. Can you talk about those?
0: Yeah, sleep's something that hits really close to home for me. I'm, I'm an insomniac. I call myself a random insomniac. I'll go a few days without uh, being able to sleep and then all of a sudden I'll, I'll sleep for 10 or 12 hours for the next couple of days. It's something that drives me nuts. So trying to biohack my sleep has literally been a lifelong mission for myself. So yeah, some interesting things that people can do to try to get better sleep. And I, I do have to say, You're exactly right that getting enough sleep, I I think sleep's going to be kind of a a lost frontier for us. Um, People are starting to put a whole bunch of research into sleep and exactly what's happening when we sleep. But what is very clear in the scientific literature is that the more we sleep and specifically the better that we sleep, the better our health outcomes are going to be, including maintaining a healthy weight. So what are some things that I do to biohack my, my sleep? I, want, I don't have a TV or any sort of electronics in my bedroom. I might be a little bit of guilty of keeping my, my cell phone close by, um, mostly as an alarm. Um, but we want to get rid of especially anything in the room that might be emitting any sort of blue light. So you, if you can think of, if you have a TV or an alarm clock in there, a lot of those electronic devices are emitting blue light, you know, just to say that they're powered up. Um, or maybe your alarm clock is actually that kind of um, light blue color, um, that blue light has actually been shown to destroy melatonin. In fact, it's, it's the wavelength of light that's the most detrimental to destroying melatonin. So we wanna make sure we don't have any sort of blue lights or other sorts of electronic distractions um, looking at us in the face when we're trying to go to sleep. Uh, you mentioned cooling down it's so interesting uh, you know our bodies are on a daily rhythm that we call circadian rhythms um, one thing that happens when we get ready for sleep is our body temperature actually cools a couple of degrees so the philosophy behind trying to cool down whether it's directly inside of your bed or whether or not you're cooling down your room or your entire house is to really facilitate your body's temperature declining by those couple of degrees so absolutely sleeping in a cool room um can definitely help people sleep. Um, kind of along those lines of electronics in the room, you also want to make sure that your room is as dark as possible. So you know using blackout curtains or curtains that are thick material or maybe a dark material to shut out all the light that that can kind of trickle through from the neighborhood lights. Um, also very, very important. I think also timing of when we eat our last meal is incredibly important. Um, our meal cadence also can set our circadian rhythm so we want to make sure that we're eating a number of hours before we go to bed. Something else we can do is you know start to wind down maybe start to turn the lights down in the house um, start to slow yourself down a little bit um, and just get your body ready for bed. I'd also invest a, a little bit of money in the beds that we're sleeping in I mean we spend You know, at least a quarter of our lives in bed. So it's worth the investment to make sure that you're sleeping somewhere comfortable and somewhere that you want to be. So those are are great ways to um, wake up. But there's also, or excuse me, to go to sleep. But there's also some interesting data that it's also incredibly important in how we're waking up every single day. Um, we don't want to wake ourselves up when we're in the couple of, of, of phases of sleep when we're at our deepest and our brains going through that repair and the memory, memory formation. I mean, think about those times where maybe you've woken up to an alarm and you wake up really kind of frightened, your heart's racing. That is the worst way to wake up. So what I would encourage people to do, and I know this is going to sound crazy in our, our, our busy modern lives, but if you can stop waking up to an alarm it will change your life. So yes, that means you have to go to bed early. But my first recommendation is stop waking up to an alarm. Something that I've done as a compromise is I use a light alarm. So L-I-G-H-T. So a light alarm. And these things are just absolutely fantastic. And basically you can program them to slowly get brighter and brighter. So almost like it's a sunrise that's coming up inside of your bedroom. Mm. And so you kind of just wake up, the room's bright. It's just a very pleasant way to wake up. And
1: what's the name of it again?
0: It's just a a light alarm. And there's a lot of different companies and manufacturers out there that are selling them. Um, There's even some that are so sophisticated, they can even tune into if you're wearing a smartwatch that's measuring your sleep patterns, they can also be programmed to wake you up at the best wow. time in your sleep phases. Yeah, there's some cool technology coming.
1: So is that, I wonder if they have one to go with your ring, like an Aura ring.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if Aura is plugged into it exactly, but there, there might be some some third-party vendor apps that do plug into an Aura ring, your Apple Watch. I'm a fan of the Garmin ecosystem.
1: That is awesome. I love it. Hey guys, I want to tell you about a great product that you absolutely cannot live without and it's called DigestAid. When you're stressed, you might not be able to produce as much stomach acid. And if you're eating a little more right now and you're stressed, you need help to digest your food. My Digest Aid that I created has enzymes that are capable of doing just that. It has both betaine HCL, not just HCL, but an enzyme pepsin that helps your body digest your food, which is really unique. And right now, all of our products are 30% off. Go to ChantelRayWay.com, click on store, and get yours for 30% off. Just use the promo code PODCAST. I don't know about you guys, but I've been doing a ton of cooking lately. And I've been having so many new recipes. Go to ChantelRayWay.com slash free recipes to get the best kale dressing recipe you'll ever have. The dairy-free artichoke dip that you will love for completely free. I also wanna give you my entire free smoothie book that has the best smoothies. One of the things that can help you lose weight is just to replace one of your meals with an amazing smoothie. So if you're eating two meals, just make one of them a smoothie. You can get my free amazing recipe book ChantelRayWay.com slash free recipe. And our protein shakes are amazing as well. And right now they're 30% off. Go to ChantelRayWay.com, click on store and use podcast for the 30% off your protein shake. So what about, you know, you talked a little bit about nootropics. So how can you biohack your brain with nootropics?
0: Your brain is an incredibly interesting organ. Um, You know, on average, the human brain is about three pounds. So if you put that in context of our our total body weight, it's actually a very, very small percentage um, of our total body weight. Yet our brain is consuming 20% of our body's resources. So whether you're measuring blood flow, whether you're measuring oxygen consumption or calorie usage, it's using 20% of the resources that our bodies need. And it's using those resources 24 hours a day, seven days a week, our brains literally never shut off, even when we're sleeping. So, if you put that in context of pound for pound, um, that's about 10 to 15 times the energy requirement that our brains have. So, that poses one, a unique constraint on the brain. So, one, we have to make sure that we're giving nutrients to our brain that's going to fuel that massive metabolic requirement. Um, But A side effect of any sort of metabolism going on in our body is the production of free radicals and oxidative stress. So we want to make sure that we're also consuming um, both direct and indirect antioxidants that's going to help combat that oxidative stress that's going to be occurring in the brain. So by direct antioxidants, what I mean are those, those things that are directly interacting with free radicals or other oxidants and acting to neutralize or detoxify them. And then we have those indirect antioxidants that can work through some of those cell signaling pathways and gene activation that we were talking about a little bit sooner. So turning on our body's own mechanisms to help fight oxidative stress. Um, And then, you know, there's some clever molecules out there as well that specifically target neurons. So we can think about things like caffeine, theanine, um, teacrine, Um, DMAE, L-theanine. So these things are specifically binding to specific places in neurons um, and then are supporting neuronal function, um, nerve conductivity, uh, and really trying to keep us at our our sharpest um, as, as long as we can during the day. So increasing mood, increasing concentration, focus, mental clarity, reaction times. There's a number of great molecules out there that can help support that brain function.
1: Okay. So first I want you to explain for people who haven't heard the word nootropic before, what is a nootropic first? And number two, if someone is suffering brain fog, what would be, you know, the best thing for them? What would be some of the things you would suggest for someone who would say, you know, I just feel like I'm always running around in a fog.
0: Yeah. Scientists love those big words, don't they? With (laughs) nootropics. Um, But nootropic is nothing more than a substance or compound that's going to support cognitive function. So a big word with a very simple definition. So yeah, what are things that you can do to help support um, uh, neuronal function? But you specifically mentioned brain fog. And brain fog is really nothing more than the metabolism of our brain not not functioning optimally. So I think there's three categories of nutrients we need to be reaching for when we're looking for trying to alleviate that brain fog. So first would be what I call nutritional support. Um, So our brains need nutrients just like the rest of our body. But again, because of that massive metabolic requirement that's going on, um, we need to make sure we're eating foods that are going to fuel the brain. So we need to make sure um, that we're reaching for foods that are actually going to support glucose metabolism. Uh, A lot of people don't appreciate that our brain runs almost exclusively on glucose. Alternatively, our brains can also utilize ketones. So if we want to get into some sort of fasting state or a calorically restricted state um, we can leverage those ketones as well as fuel inside of our brains. Um, There's a number of vitamins as well, vitamins and minerals that can support that energy metabolism. So we have things like B vitamins, you know, some of the minerals are incredibly important, especially magnesium. So we want to make sure we're reaching for foods that are high in those nutrients. Um, we want to reach for those compounds that I mentioned that are going to be binding and acting specifically in those neuronal cells. Um, you know, the things we, we talked about already, caffeine, theanine, teacrine, DMAE can be fantastic molecules. Uh, and then lastly is that antioxidant support. So things from Traditional vitamin antioxidants like vitamin C and especially vitamin E has great benefits in the brain, um, and um, we can talk about indirect uh, antioxidants. So those antioxidants that are turning on our body's own uh, free radical and and oxidant scavenging mechanisms. And then the last thing I should talk about too are healthy fats. You know, our brain, if we were to dry it down and 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 segregate it out, is about sixty percent fat. Um, when you break down what is the composition of all that fat that's in our brain, almost all of that is going to be healthy omega-3 fatty acids. And especially one of those fatty acids called DHA. So those, that's what I would recommend to try to support that overall brain health and try to keep that brain fog away and keep us focusing and concentrating just as, 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 as good as we can.
1: Awesome. Well, this has been very informative. I just feel smarter talking with you. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you.
0: Yeah, sure. I'm on all the social media channels, so Facebook, Instagram, um, but then my corporation, LifeVantage, you can find us at LifeVantage.com and as well, whatever anybody's favorite social channel might be, just type in LifeVantage and you'll easily be able to find us.
1: Awesome. Well, guys, stay with us because we have another episode coming up in just a few. Bye bye for now.
0: Bye bye. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at ChantelRayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.